Welcome to the Constant Source Podcast, where we are reimagining family discipleship. Hello, and welcome back to the Constant Source Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Kuhn, and it's great to be with you today. Before we jump in, I just wanted to remind you that if you're enjoying the cast, it'd be awesome if you would leave us a rating or a review in any of the places that you download this podcast. Also, we're trying to increase the reach of this show, so if you could take a moment and think to yourself, who is one person that I can share this with today? If you would take the time to do that, that would be greatly appreciated. All right. Well, let's get into uh, the origins of the Bible. This week, we have gone about our study a little bit differently than normal. As you will see in our scripture reading, Paul is talking to Timothy about the importance of the Holy Scriptures. And so we decided to take a step back and talk about what the Bible is, where the Bible has come from, and why it's so important, not only to the ministry that was done by the early church, but also to us and our ministry and our lives with Jesus Christ even now. Our scripture readings for this week come from 2 Timothy, Genesis 32, Psalm 121, and Luke 18. Receive now the word of the Lord. This is 2 Timothy 3, 14 through 17. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed, knowing from who you learned it, and how from childhood you have known the sacred writings that are able to instruct you for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, so that everyone who belongs to God may be proficient and equipped for every good work. This is the word of the Lord. In this section of 2 Timothy, Paul is reminding Timothy of the way he has grown in his faith as he has learned and been encouraged to step boldly into his call as he continues to mature as a pastor. But what we want to zero in on here are Timothy's sources of Christian education. The first is the spiritual coaches in his life, which, as we saw earlier in the chapter, were his mother and grandmother. The second source, though, and the one we want to dig into today, were Israel's holy scriptures, the sacred writings of scripture that Paul is alluding to in verses 15 and 16 were only a piece of what we understand the Bible to be today. And so we are going to use our time this week to talk about the origins of the Bible as we know it. We are going to discuss how it was built, how certain texts made the cut while others didn't, and the intent of those who used the texts that were collected and formalized into the modern Bible. Sometimes we forget to talk about the Bible's backstory, which means we miss some of the core information that should inform the way we understand, approach, and use one of the most important tools in our spiritual tool belt, the Bible. The way in which the Bible became the book it is today is a long and complex story. Originally, the earliest stories that we now consider scripture were passed down through oral storytelling from one generation to the next. The books of the Old Testament weren't recorded until the Babylonian exile about 598 through 538 BCE when a few faithful Jewish communities worked together to to produce a written collection of their oral tradition. The first of these collections was called the Pentateuch, which was made up of the first five books of the modern Old Testament. 
to the Pentateuch, finalized sections called the Prophets and the Writings were then added to form Israel's sacred writings, as Paul refers to them in 2 Timothy. There were two translations of this original collection of scripture, one in Hebrew and one in Greek, and they varied a bit in composition and order. The Greek version, known as the Septuagint, was primarily used by early Christians and is most closely related to the chronology that is seen in the modern Old Testament. The original Hebrew Bible was called the Tanakh. A lot more is known about the construction of the New Testament in comparison to the Old Testament and the finalization of the Bible, which is called canonization. Canonization primarily occurred between 200 and 400 CE, as early Christian communities sought out a commonly held and universal Red Catholic set of scriptures that all communities could use as their foundation for worship and teaching. The texts chosen to be collected into the biblical canon were quite simply the ones that were most effective at encouraging God's people and conveying God's intent for others to live like Jesus Christ. In other words, the ones that worked well were kept. They were copied down and they were sent down the road to the next church, while the others fell away. As two of my seminary professors wrote, the Bible was formed as a spirit-guided means to weigh competing claims and convictions about what it means to be Christian and to do as Christians ought. Shifting our attention to some of those convictions, here are a few characteristics of the Bible that have made it such a foundational tool of Christianity throughout time. First, the Bible as a whole tells one complete story about who God is and what God desires for creation. It presents a unified voice on what God is doing in the world and how we have been reconciled back to God through Jesus Christ so that we can participate in God's story. Second, the Bible was constructed and set apart by imperfect yet inspired Christ followers, which makes it holy. Just as the Holy Spirit is at work in each of us, so too is the Holy Spirit at work in the Bible. Circling back to 2 Timothy, Paul notes that the Bible's holiness is what allows it to aid in the spiritual formation of believers. Finally, the Bible is Catholic. Not to be confused with this capital C denomination, the Bible is a universal tool for all Christians in all parts of the world. This is a core piece of its beauty because as much as it is for all, it is also unique and contextualized by the work of the Holy Spirit to meet the needs of specific communities in specific places at specific times. Finally, an important part of understanding the Bible is understanding the intent of its use, which is a major part of what Paul is talking about in 2 Timothy. In verse 16, Paul points out that the intent of the Holy Scriptures is to be helpful in teaching, correcting, and training God's people. In their book, A Compact Guide to the Whole Bible, Doctors Costello and Wall say it simply like this, Scripture is a sacred text appointed by God to do holy work. Its main purpose is to help us learn from the spiritual wisdom of those who have gone before us and to interpret the ways that the Holy Spirit is at work even now. However, it's important that we remember that the Bible is supposed to be one of many tools that aid the community of believers. Other Christian practices like prayer, worship, serving one another, and participating in communion and baptism are other opportunities to engage with God as the body of Christ. It's all of these things held together that build up a strong doctrine and exemplify the right way of life that Paul is getting at in 2 Timothy. The Bible's backstory is important because it illustrates the way that God has been at work throughout time 
and is present even now in the way that we are interpreting and applying these holy texts, even today. The Bible was constructed by faithful but flawed people, yet in the same way that God uses us, God, through the work of the Holy Spirit, still uses the Bible in profound ways to guide, encourage, teach, and correct us on our journeys as we strive to be more like Jesus Christ. As you reflect on our discussion of the Bible, consider these questions. How was the Bible talked about at the church where you grew up? Were you encouraged or discouraged to think critically about it? What has your relationship with the Bible been like up to this point? What would you say has been its main purpose in your life? How has it been positive or negative? What new things did you learn about the Bible today? And how are you thinking differently about the Bible because of them? Take some time this week to connect with your family in regards to the Bible. Take some time to pray this prayer. Lord God, thank you for providing us the tools we need to become the people that you created us to be. Help us to look at the Holy Bible through new eyes, understanding that its purpose is to instruct and encourage us. May we be open to the way that the Holy Spirit is working through the Bible and in our lives. We love you, God. Amen. Take a moment to wonder with your family. Ask your kids what they know about the Bible. Tell them anything they can think of is worth saying. Take note of their answers in preparation for the next section. The next section is share. Share what you've learned about the Bible with your kids. Start with the new things that you didn't know or hadn't reflected on before, and then try to talk through some of the things that they think or believe about the Bible. Finally, as you think through how this discussion applies to the world around you, consider this. The Bible is often thought of as a mysterious and sacred text filled with archaic rules and stories by readers who are unfamiliar with it. Demystifying the Bible with a simple explanation of its key characteristics and intentions can go a long way in changing their perspective. All right, we're going to shift now to our further readings. Genesis, Psalms, and Luke. Genesis 32, 22-31 reads, The same night he got up and took his two wives, his two maids, and his eleven children and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream, and likewise everything that he had. Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he struck him on the hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, Let me go, for the day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let go, unless you bless me. So he said to him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then the man said, You shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with humans, and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, Please tell me your name. But he said, Why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life is preserved. The sun rose upon him as he passed Penuel, limping because of his hip. In light of our conversation on scripture, 
Genesis 32 provides God's people with a reminder of who they are and where they came from. This story about Jacob wrestling with God and leaving forever changed has been a tale of encouragement and hope for millennia. In the terms that we used above, the intent of this portion of scripture was to both provide spiritual wisdom to those who heard this story and to help direct believers in their relationship with God. Genesis 32 helped Israelites remember that their identity is grounded in Jacob's story. They are a people who have always wrestled with God, and it hasn't always been easy, but they have been set apart and blessed. For us, this is a reminder that God is present with us and is willing to meet us in our struggles. No matter what we are working through, God will show up and see us through, even when that means confronting us in the midst of our stubbornness. Consider this question. How have you wrestled with God in your life? What was the outcome? Our next reading is Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where will my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. God will not let your foot be moved. God who keeps you will not slumber. God who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. God will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time on and forevermore. Similar to our Genesis passage, Psalm 121 is another key example of sharing wisdom. As we discussed earlier, sharing wisdom was one of the main intentions behind the Bible. Notice, though, that there are other ways that Psalm 121 impacts Christian life and community. Psalm 121 bolsters our prayer lives as we seek to be in constant communication with God as the psalmist is. Psalm 121 enriches our worship because it reminds us of the ways that God provides for us and it helps us to embody an air of gratitude. Finally, when considered in light of the Catholic nature of the Holy Scriptures, Psalm 121 reminds us that the care that is offered in verse 5 and 6 is for all people. This is a great example as to why keeping the full story and characteristics of the Bible in mind as we read individual passages is so important, because when we do, the text corrects the ways we think about things and teaches us to more fully rely on God. Psalm 121 specifically says that Israel is the people group that God cares for. Yet, the council of Christians that decided to keep this text as part of the biblical canon thought it was important to include. Which characteristics of the Bible help explain this decision? Our final passage this week is Luke 18, 1-8. Then Jesus told them a parable about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. He said, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. In that city there was a widow who kept coming to him and saying, Grant me justice against my opponent. For a while he refused, but later he said to himself, Though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice so that she may not wear me out by continually coming. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long in helping them? I tell you, he will quickly grant justice to them. And yet, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth?
The four Gospels provide first-hand accounts of Jesus' life and teachings. In light of our big-picture view of the Bible and the intentions behind the way it was constructed, the Gospels can be seen as the answer to the long-awaited redemption building throughout the story of the Old Testament. The parables and instruction of Jesus are placed at the beginning of the New Testament because within the scope of the whole, they provide the answer to the long-awaited redemption that builds throughout the Old Testament, and they set the groundwork for the life of the church as its growth is recorded throughout the rest of the book. In this specific parable, verse 1 starts with the main point of wisdom that Jesus wants us to keep in mind. Pray always and do not lose heart. Through his parable, Jesus invites us to continually cry out to God regarding the injustice in the world and find hope in the truth that God's justice is coming. Take time to reflect on the composition of the overarching story of the Bible, thinking through how it begins and ends. The Gospels tend to be some of the most well-known parts of Scripture. Which parts do you feel the most unfamiliar with? What would it look like for you to pursue familiarity within these sections this week? Finally, if you want to do a little bit more reading about the origins of the Bible, I really recommend you take a look at A Compact Guide to the Whole Bible, Learning to Read Scripture's Story. This was done by a few of my seminary professors and has deeply influenced the way that I think about Scripture and also is really approachable and great for anybody. So once again, that's A Compact Guide to the Whole Bible, Learning to Read Scripture's Story. Thank you for taking the time to check out Constant Source Podcast this week. If you'd like to start receiving our weekly digital devotional, you can find a link in the show notes. If you want to learn more about who Constant Source is and what we're up to, check us out at theconstantsource.com. If you like what you're hearing here and you want to weigh in on some of the theological topics that we talk about and you want to support the work of the show, check us out at patreon.com slash constantsource. Lastly, we are on social media. On Twitter, we are at constant underscore source. On Instagram, we're at constant source. And on Facebook, we are at facebook.com backslash constant source. May your family be blessed. Have a great week.